We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. We're going to be, uh, like Henry had mentioned, we're going to be continuing through the series, The Least of These, tonight. Um, last week we went over, what did we go over last week? The hungry, right? Giving food to the hungry. Good job. How would you guys do in your homework, okay? Just a challenge, right, to go out and um, um, give someone, in the name of Jesus Christ, a, a meal. Um, but mostly just to share with them the love that Jesus has for them. And tonight we're going to continue, like I said, and we're going to be um, going over giving a, a drink to the thirsty. I'm kind of thirsty right now. No, just kidding. So if you guys open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, and we'll uh, go over a, a quick review of what uh, our pastor shared with us last week. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to go reading verses 31 through 46. Thirty-one through forty-six. All right, let's read those over. Then we'll uh, go over them real quick. All right, verse thirty-one it says, "When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand." Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared before you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer and say to them as surely I say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me then he will say also then he will also say to those on his left hand depart from me you cursed you curse into the everlasting fire prefer for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also, sorry, then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Pretty heavy passage, huh? Lots of challenges there. Um, like I said, Matty covered this last week, um, but the context here takes place after the seven-year tribulation period where he will return and judge the nations. So we have the rapture first, right? Seven-year tribulation. 
and then um, Jesus comes back uh, to establish his kingdom and this is where he judges the people, the nations um, referred to as a thousand year reign and he's speaking to the Jews and Gentiles here um, and where he questions them um, and more or less what they did and did it do for him he will set the sheep on his which hand? On his right hand and the goats on his left and then one, the ones on his right he tells them for I was hungry and he gave me food I was thirsty and he gave me drink I was a stranger and he took me in I was naked you clothed me sick and in prison you came to me and the ones on his right will say when did we do all these things to you and then he goes on to tell them you know when you did to the least of these you did it unto me and he goes to the ones on his left right tells them the same thing and they question when did we not do this to you and he says in as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these you did not do it to me so pretty, pretty challenging verse and and I was really challenged this week um, by by just looking over my life and I mean those things should naturally come right when we when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and and we uh, give our lives over to Him these things should really pour out of us. Uh, ben many I mentioned uh, or gave this gave this example you know it's kind of like out of sight out of mind right those things don't really come face to face with us uh, as often as we would uh, we would think but like I said it's a challenge for us to to uh, review our lives and um, see what the Lord wants to change up right so we're going to continue and go over uh, the second part um, first the first part was food to the hungry and the second part is uh, water to the thirsty you guys like water? refreshing right? Uh, we'll go over this kind of a practical part you know the need for water physically first we need water to live right you can only go a few days oh there's different people say different things but the human body is made up of uh, can anyone guess how many percent of your body is made up of water? 80, 90, 60, 60, 70 some people say different things a lot of water right? but saliva also uh, it's provided for the water by the water water is needed to, to in the brain to manufacture hormones and uh, neurotransmitters. I don't know what those are, but you need them. Keeps mucous membrane moist, uh, regulates body temperature through sweating and, and, and respiration, allows body cells to grow, reproduce, and survive. Acts as a shock absorber. You get hit in the head. Um, and the spinal cord as well. Uh, lubricates the joints. Uh, water is a major component of, of most body parts. Uh, helps deliver oxygen all over the body. Along with food, it's a major necessity for us to survive. Depending on the weather, like probably right now, we put in, wouldn't last too long without water out there, huh? It, we'd uh, uh, be in trouble. Uh, and, vary, and it varies from a couple of days to hours to weeks. If you, locked, if you get locked in your car, windows up, the temperature goes up real quick, huh? Real quick. And the body cries out for water you begin to perspire and it's a real danger when you stop perspiring. Do you guys know that? When you stop sweating it's a real, real danger sign. And it's one of those things that we just don't really think about, you know, water in general. Water is essential for survival but as far as the concern for us, not too much, huh? Not too much. Water is cheap. It's like, it's not, not expensive, right? You get it for free. 
If you go to restaurants and stuff, fast food places, you get it for free. It comes out of your faucet at home. Uh, does anyone drink tap water anymore? No. All right. Awesome. I work for the water company, so I'm proud of you guys. Cool. Uh, but you know you can, right? It's it's okay to, to drink it. I mean, it's not going to harm you. Uh, my wife has my kids all freaked out. Tap water, you're not supposed to drink that. Just bottled water. But I remember as a kid, you know, uh, playing outside. You know, where would you get your drink of water from? Water. Yeah, well, you guys are cool. The water hose. <laughs> I didn't think anyone was going to say that tonight. But yeah, you'd go to your whoever's house, turn on the water, and, and take a drink, right? That's like a memory that, that'll stay with me forever, forever. Um, many today won't even think about doing that, you know. Um, but do you know how much water the average family uses uh, per year? 200,000 gallons, gallons per year. Brushing your teeth, washing clothes, taking baths and showers, washing your hands, flushing the toilet, winding your lung, all those things. Don't we take all those things for granted sometimes? Take all those things for granted. Uh, imagine not being able to do those things. On the average, uh, we use several hundred gallons a day in, a, in an average home. Taking a shower uses about 2.5 gallons per minute. Uh, all your faucets put out an average 2 gallons per minute if you just leave it on. Washing your clothes, 30 gallons of water per load. That's kind of weird, huh? A lot of, lot of water. Dishwashers, 15 gallons per use. Taking baths, 30 to 40 gallons of water per bath. You know, outside of our homes is the, is the big water waster. Water waster. You know, watering your lawn and your plants and stuff. You know, all the the green stuff out there. Um, and very soon, if the Lord doesn't supply rain for us, there's going to be some serious uh, cutbacks for a lot of cities. Uh, you guys heard about the drought, dreaded drought um, that we're currently in, and, and the regulations that might be enforced. Um, if it doesn't rain soon. You guys got notices like in the mail that they're going to start finding people and stuff like that? Kind of weird. Uh, I heard some some uh, cities might even get water cops to go out and, and, and look at, see who's wasting water. The city of Pasadena in 2009 started uh, issuing citations to people who were wasting water and not following ordinances uh, in place by the city. In Northern California, some cities are threatening $500 fines for anyone who's wasting water. How, do you, how many of you think that this drought thing is for, is for real? It's true. All right. I was, I was giving Manny a hard time because, you know, I, he knew he knows I work for a water company. He gave me this, this study, so I'm like, hey, you had some underlying issue here because, I mean, just before he had asked me, like a week before at work, this guy, he's like the, the top guy, right? And, his motive for our meeting was for us to be a, a, an example to the community and not waste water, right? But if you've noticed, he gave us all these charts, and if anyone's gone camping or anything, you've noticed like all these lakes are really low and and not not as high as they used to be. But it's a real thing, and and it's kind of like you know, what would we do without water? What would we do? Um, you know, sometimes isn't really. I might like rinsing off my driveway. You guys like doing that? No one likes doing that. You guys like doing that? <laughs> But it's it's something that probably won't be there, or even even more so. You know, even your faucet might not turn on one day. Um, but it's something we take for granted for for sure. And I think that unbelief sometimes, in my mind, comes from the fact that it's just ready available to all of us. Uh, but check out this comparison. Um, in the world, 780 million people lack clean water. That's more than two and a half the times uh, 
the population of the United States. 3.4 million people die each year from water-related diseases. Every 21 seconds, a child dies from water-related diseases. In developing countries, women and children bear the burden of collecting water for their families every day, uh, several hours per week, and you can imagine how many hours per year. And their water supply is where? From a stream, from, from a lake, from a, from a watering hole. It isn't from a water spigot. Uh, where there's no sanitary precautions taken to prevent those diseases that they are dying from. It's like us going down to what are these lakes around here, Santa Fe Dam or, or Peck Road Dam, Peck Road Park, and, and getting our, our water from there. Um, I get visions of, of Mexico and Cambodia where it's a challenge to live every day, just getting water. Um, you know, I know Manny gave those food statistics back I mean last week and I'm giving you a lot of statistics this week but it's not to make us feel bad right it's to let us know how how much of a problem it is and how much sometimes we have the opportunity to provide someone a drink of water when they don't have it or a food or clothes um, just to make us aware of the things around us in our community and, and around the world but also to challenge us too right like I said you know I was challenged um, uh, if the Lord leads you to provide clean water for someone, some food, some clothes. But more than, a f than the physical human body needs um, water, there's a bigger need, right? There's a bigger need. There is today more than a physical hunger. There is today more than a physical thirst people need. There is a spiritual hunger and thirst our souls have. The word thirst in the Bible is used many times. Um, first for the water thing, being thirsty, a refreshing thirst. But is it also used uh, figurative, figuratively as well. Uh, if you guys want to turn there, uh, John chapter 7 real quick. John chapter 7, verse 37. Thirty-seven and thirty-eight. It says, "On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture says, has says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water.' So, in that verse right there, Jesus is talking about a spiritual thirst, figuratively of those who are said to thirst, who painfully feel their want of and eagerly long for those things by which 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 the soul is refreshed." supported and strengthened. We all have had uh, or will have this thirst our souls have that needs to be quenched. But we need to go to the right source, correct? To the right source. Um, there, will be a, there will come a point in our lives where we, have, uh, where we have no answers for the things we are going through. We will have exhausted all of our earthly resources and none of them will work. Sometimes we as Christians we have that opportunity to share with others um, what has taken away our thirst. And uh, that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is everything to us. Amen? Hopefully you guys uh, used last week's challenge to provide a meal for someone in the name of Jesus Christ to share about him as well. Tonight we're going to cover, like I said, uh, giving someone a drink, a cup of water. Simple thing, right? A cup of water. Thirsty, a cup of water. And if you were to offer someone a cold bottle of water on a hot day like out here, odds are they would probably take it, correct? But if you were to say, you know, here, here's a cold cup of water in Jesus' name, 
what do you think the odds are? Do you take it or wouldn't take it, do you think? It would be a challenge, right, for them to take it sometimes because the name of Jesus Christ, is um, there's power behind that. And then it takes uh, and it takes something in his name when you don't have a relationship with him. Um, it's hard. Even a simple bottle of water. Uh, okay, now, we're going to go over, that's like kind of like the physical thing. We're going to go over the application, you know, as far as giving someone their spiritual uh, drink or thirsting, okay? The application, giving water in Jesus' name. First point, we're going to go over four points. They're kind of silly. I th- always think these points I give out are silly. But first point, be led by the Spirit. We're going to be John chapter 4. So you guys can turn there. John chapter 4. We're going to go over uh, tonight some different passages in the Bible that deal with water and thirst. Give us some insight to how this all works with us believers and also how it can impact uh, the unbeliever's life as well. So John chapter 4. This is uh, the great meeting of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. You guys familiar with this story? Yeah, very cool. Um, such a cool section of scripture because we see the heart of Jesus Christ. He's there and the empty life of the Samaritan woman. And then uh, they meet and there are so many boundaries that are that are broken to get to the meat of the matter, uh, the Samaritan woman's heart. And we also, um, we had those walls up too, huh? Before we met Jesus Christ, we had all these things in the way of, of us getting closer to him. Let's see the example of Jesus and how he gets close to her and shares with her. Let's read verses 1 through 6. Everyone there? John chapter 4. Verses 1 through 6. Wait, i got to turn there too. Alright, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So in verse 1, it mentions that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had baptized more than John. This is, a, this is John the Baptist, Baptist, obviously. Jesus leaves Judea and begins his journey to Galilee. He was more or less uh, avoiding the com- co- confrontation of the Pharisees, not wanting to deal with them. The Pharisees, in their mind, had a new enemy. It wasn't John the Baptist anymore. It was, it was Jesus. And Jesus, not wanting to go there with the Pharisees, um, left for Galilee. In verse 4, it says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Uh, that's a good lesson to learn from our Savior Jesus Christ, that he needed to go through there. Going through Samaria was uh, waiting for him, a divine appointment by the Lord with this Samaritan woman. So let's see. So sometimes, you know, the Lord, has this ever happened to you? The Lord wants you to go there. Or the Lord changes your plans and wants you to go somewhere else. Uh, sometimes the Lord will do that and guide us by the Spirit to a certain location and, and waiting for us there will be an opportunity to, to share or an opportunity to be shared with or to be ministered to. That's a trip to me. Huh? The Lord plans these things all out. It's never, you know, 
it has, but I'm I'm so weird. I, I don't notice it sometimes, but it's where the Lord wants me to go to a certain place, and and it happens. Someone is brought to my path to share with, or that's going through something weird, and there's an opportunity to share with them. Um, you know, like just being involved in the ministry and having an opportunity to go to Cambodia and just being blessed by going over there. Um, sometimes it's just the Lord telling me to come to the service, Thursday night service or Sunday night service, where he has a message for you. Um, or coming Lately it's been coming to the men's fellowship to where, you know, and it's been a blessing. And the Lord, the Lord speaks to me and, and myself um, being humbled by some of the things that's being shared with, with me by other men and mostly the Lord. But it takes listening, obeying, hearing the Lord, and submitting yourself to him. Imagine, you know, I know he, he wouldn't have, but imagine if Jesus wouldn't have gone through Samaria. Imagine if he didn't. This wouldn't, wouldn't have, have uh, met her Messiah and her city, you know, all the city, all their friends and stuff in the city, wouldn't have believed in him either. So there would have been a loss, right? Same thing applies with us. Um, it could be we could have missed opportunities, missed conversations, um, that the Lord had planned for us. But it's all uh, us obeying, right? Hearing and listening to the Lord and going and doing it. Uh, you just never know what's at stake. You guys know what I'm saying? You never know what's at stake. And, and for me to to not listen to the Lord uh, sometimes on a, on a daily basis, um, I miss out on a lot of things. But if we don't listen to the Lord's leading, he could just use someone else. Correct? Use someone else. So the first lesson here is to be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Lord. Romans 8.14, if you could take, take down that reference, Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So as the Lord goes to Samaria, he gets to this city called Sakar near the well of Jacob. And tired from his journey, he gets to the well for a rest. And there begins... a a very, very cool conversation and conversion of this Samaritan woman. So let's read verses 7 and 9. 7 through 9. 7 through 9. It says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So it's about the sixth hour of the day, a noontime, and maybe not the hottest hottest part of the day, but it's getting hotter, right? Um, Jesus is met by this woman of Samaria. She she has she comes to draw water from the well. And what does Jesus tell her? Those of you who are paying attention, what does Jesus tell her? Give me a drink. His disciples had left to the city to buy food, and somewhat kind of unpolitely, right? Jesus tells her, give me a drink. And Jesus not only just asking for it, not only just asking for a drink, but even just talking to her, acknowledging her, uh, catches this Samaritan woman off guard. She tells him, why are you asking me for a drink? As if, as she tells Jesus, don't you know we're not supposed to talk? You're, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. We have no dealings with each other. And the first thing we see here is that we see Jesus meeting, you know, the woman alone. Someone unconventional, right? Probably something we shouldn't do, but some people need this. Have you ever tried to share with uh, someone in a group of people, and they give you lots of static and they're closed off and stuff like that, give you attitude, but when you get them alone, 
Doesn't it change sometimes? It changes because they have no, um, nothing behind them, nothing, no one to uh, get embarrassed from, um, no pressure on them. Uh, you know, friends can do weird things. But everyone needs this one-on-one encounter with Jesus, and that's what this lady gets, her and, her and Jesus by herself. We can share with people to are blue in the face, but until they have a, a real meeting with the, with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, it's all for nothing. Uh, Jesus will ask and get to the meat of the matter in their lives. Uh, Jesus will. And stuff that we never know, uh, stuff that we never know, they bring Jesus brings to the surface in, in their minds or in their hearts. And sometimes things that hurt, uh, but only to show them their need for a Savior. The thing that really sticks out to me in verse 9 is that Jesus doesn't care. I'm going to go over this in a little bit, but Jesus doesn't care about these racial boundaries of the day. Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans back then. They called the Samaritans half-breeds, didn't acknowledge them in any way. When Jews would travel, they would avoid traveling through Samaria. You guys probably heard this before, just because of their their dislike of them. So our first point in the application is uh, in giving water is being led by the Spirit. And our second point is having the eyes of Jesus. Having the eyes of Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? To have his eyes. To be able to see what people are going through. To be able to to see when they're ready. You know, to receive him. Um, to look through that the outside appearance of people and to look at them as just a person. A sinner in need of a Savior. Uh, we get caught up in a lot of outward appearance of people and that distracts me from sharing with them. Does that distract you sometimes too? Um, Poor people, rich people, white, black, brown, small, big, tall, short, it doesn't matter. Jesus gives us a great example of how those things, outward appearances, ethnic boundaries, uh, didn't matter to him. Like I said uh, before, back then, Jesus would look down on the Samaritans so much. Sometimes we grew up with those racial backgrounds to where we still today have those ugly feelings towards a certain group or type of person. And it, and it shouldn't be so. We should have those eyes of Christ looking for those divine appointments to give out the gospel. Uh, here's a reference. Acts 10, 34-35. This is then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Romans 2:11. It says, for there is no partiality with God. And it shouldn't be with us either. Titus 2.11 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to not some, but all men. All men. God doesn't hold back the saving power of the cross only for some. It's available to all people. So as we share and go out and live this life that he's given us, um, we should have the eyes that he has. Look at that inner man or woman and see their need for a savior. Just be, being kind to everyone goes a long way, correct? Just having that great attitude, you know, not, not giving off those weird vibes and respecting people can open doors that you don't expect to share the love that God has, has for them and has showed them through the cross. All right, verses 10 through 15. You guys with me okay? Everyone still awake? Yeah, all right. Verses 10 through 15. First point was uh, being led by the Spirit. Second point was uh, having the eyes of Jesus. Thanks. And third point was quenching. Their, third point is quenching their thirst. Ten through fifteen. 
So Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The wind said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his son and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So the third point again is quench the thirst. Right away in verse 10, Jesus tries to explain you know, what's really going on here. He tries to tell the woman who he is. If you knew the gift of God, he tells her. What was the gift of God Jesus was talking about? Himself, right? Himself. Um, the gift of God was standing right in front of her. You know, Later on, he's going to offer something else to her. Sometimes people don't know this. The, the salvation is a free gift of God. All of you, all you have to do is receive it. It's like Christmas, right? Everyone likes gifts, huh? Free gift. Just take it. Receive it as, as a gift, free gift. Jesus tells her, Jesus goes on to tell her, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink. And do you know what I would give you then? Out of giving you living water. Living water. I don't think that the Samaritan woman quite gets what Jesus is, is trying to tell her. She says, that he, she says in verse 11, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. I, mean, I guess a bucket or something, right? Uh, don't you know how deep the well is? How do you plan on getting this living water you're talking about? She even gets a little offended, also telling her, do you think you're greater than our father Jacob here? Uh, Jesus makes it plain and simple. Uh, whoever, not just you, but whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But, it says, but whoever, not just you, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst they will be changed and out of them will be flowing a water uh, springing up into everlasting life. Verse 14. So what is this water that Jesus is offering her? This, this Samaritan woman wants to know where this water is and how she can get it. Verse, verse 15 says, Sir, give me this water, like I said, so I may not thirst nor come here to draw anymore. The Bible explains this more in detail. I'm going to give you guys some exercise. John chapter 7. We just were there earlier. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. Let's read those. This is on the last day. The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, it says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit will not, was not yet given, because Jesus was not, not yet glorified. So this water that Jesus was offering, even today, to us who don't know him, 
is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. It's kind of cool because as uh, I was reading about this feast, it talks about in verse 37 uh, that they were celebrating then, and it's the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, this feast was in remembrance of uh, how the Israelites would wander in the wilderness, correct? And how the Lord will provide for them throughout that time. Uh, but one of the ceremonies they would perform is the priest would go and, and draw water out of the pool of Siloam and then, and then pour it out on the altar, water. Good visual, huh? Water. But it was, it was their request of the Lord for heavenly water in, in the form of rain for the stuff that needed to grow and, and stuff like that. But you get the picture. They're doing this ceremony, ceremony, pouring water on the altar and, you know, and things, and Jesus comes in and he cries out to them. You guys get the picture? Jesus is saying, and he says, if you thirst, come to me. And it says that he cries out to the people. You know, how awesome is that? You know, they're, they're pouring the water on the altar, remembering what, what the Lord had provided for them during their, their wanderings, and Jesus tells them that. You know, it's a promise in Scripture that once you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, what? Comes in and dwells in you, right? And will dwell with you and be with you on the inside of you. Write this reference down, John 14, 16 and 17. And it says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But ye know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, write this down to you, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And that says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There are a whole bunch of Old Testament uh, verses uh, that speak of this living water that the Lord will give us. Uh, let's turn to Isaiah 44. Did you guys get convicted last week? Or Manny said, you guys shouldn't be using your phones to go or iPads and stuff. You guys remember he said that? I'm like, oh man. So I've been trying to get away from doing that. It's a personal conviction, right? Now, that he's not <laughs> being weird or anything. Isaiah 44.3 says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. That's a cool verse, huh? Ezekiel 36. Let's turn there. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. And that says, For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my, sp my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. 
Joel 2, 28. You guys can turn there if you like. If not, you guys can listen. Joel 2, 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall have dreams. And your young men shall see visions. So there's lots of many verses in the Old Testament that speak of the pouring of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and, and guiding us in our lives. Our challenge this week is to go out and give um, a cup of water to someone in need. You know, in the name of Jesus Christ, right? Because hopefully that's what our intentions are. You know, we, we explain to them, as the Lord leads, you know, why we're doing this and share with their need uh, of the living water that Jesus offers to them. All of us before we were Christians and had a need for Jesus, and all the same applies. The same applies to all of us who haven't received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, there's something that's in the way, and usually it's because of our sin. We were, I was dead in my sins, and back in John 4, Jesus continues his conversation with the Samaritan woman and brings to the surface her need um, of a Savior. So we go back to John chapter 4. And we'll continue there. And we'll read six verses 16 through 26. And then we'll finish up. So our fourth point is their need of a Savior. So let's read verses 16 through 26. All right, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. And that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where we're not to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Then the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all these things. He will tell us all things. Verse 26, and it says, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So Jesus deals with this lady um, truthfully, you know, how many husbands did this lady have? Five husbands. And I'm not sure how you guys lived your lives before, um, you know, before you gave a life, before you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Um, but I, for me, it was just all about me, doing what I wanted, getting what I wanted, and just wanting to get stuff, you know, um, to get things that made me feel good in search of things that would complete me that would complete me. Do you think I ever found that thing? You know, I never did um, until I heard about Jesus Christ. 
So I gave my life to him. You know, this Samaritan lady, just from the info that we get here, you know, has has a crazy life, huh? You're like five husbands. All the ladies here are like, man, five husbands. One's enough, right? So just from that alone, see, she was searching for something, correct? You know, maybe it was a physical thing. Maybe it was an emotional thing that she lacked. But she was not satisfied with just one husband, not two, not three. And I would venture to say not even with the five that she had. You know, the same goes for many people today. They are in search of, of things, material things, to satisfy their thirst and their hunger. Not the physical thirst, not the physical hunger. But in the Old Testament, was, this is a, a really cool verse, and you guys can turn there again. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 2, verse 13. Jeremiah 2, verse 13. This is, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. You know, God's people back then um, forgot about him. But this, this example here is uh, where the people would would ca- carve out these these cisterns just out of out of limestone, big big holes in the ground, and they would use it for when it it would rain, kind of like today, right? Little reservoirs, and they would collect the water, and it would go in these big cisterns uh, to save water for themselves. You know, so when it wouldn't rain, they would have water. These cisterns uh, or that water supply they would get would not exist without the Lord first providing the rain. Correct. Spiritually speaking, in this verse, the Lord was telling the Israelites that you have left me and are relying on your own cisterns instead of me for that living water. They are broken and they won't work. Your thirst will not be quenched. And like we said earlier, people are looking looking in the wrong place, just like I was back then, just like people are today, just like the Samaritan women. Um, we are looking in the wrong place for our for our thirst to be quenched. Only through a life walking with Jesus Christ will your life be satisfied. Chuck Smith said this. Uh, says, so men create their own philosophies, their own rationales for life, their own cisterns. But the thing is, all of these cisterns, they can't hold water. They leave you thirsty. They will not satisfy you. And the end result is emptiness. Isn't that true? It's true, right? So back in John 4... In verse 20. Sorry, guys. John 4, verse 20. And the Samaritan woman has a question. Um, I mean, get, get questions. You guys get questions when you serve people? You get questions sometimes, right? Her question was, where do I worship God? You know, it means simple. How do I come to the Lord? You know, Jesus, Jesus answers here simply, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in and in truth, right? Verse 24. You don't, you don't worship him in a certain place. Uh, God is accessible, and you can go to him at any time. 
You guys know that, right? You don't have to be here to pray or go anywhere else to pray. You can talk to God anywhere. Isn't that a blessing? Um, there are no outward sacrifices that we need to do before. No, no cleansings like in the Old Testament. And you'll worship him in truth. In, and in truth, spirit and in truth. This one comment, commentator put it, in truth. It says, to worship in truth means to you to worship according to the whole counsel of God's word, especially in light of the New Testament um, promises. Um, so in spirit and in truth, very simple. So at the end of this section, uh, the Samaritan woman speaks of the Messiah coming and the Lord um, says like, hey, you know, I am who you speak of. I am he. So Jesus reveals himself to her in a special way. So our four points. One, be led by the Spirit. Two, have the eyes of Jesus. Three, quench their thirst. And four, let them know their need for a Savior. Here are a few other verses. You can just uh, write these down. I'll read them to you. John 6.35 says, I, Jesus, said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Psalm 63.1 O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Revelation 21.6 And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. So there, there's a... a there, there's just so much to say, you know, but there's there's also reaction we need to have as Christians, correct? I mean, a response to what Jesus has done for us, and we need to um, share those blessings with other people. You know, uh, this one man said, you know, in, in this series, you know, uh, it challenges us, like I said, challenges us, like I said, to live it out, you know, to give food to the hungry, um, all those things. But um, it should be a, a not just in these next couple of weeks, right? It should be for the rest of our lives, and and to do that is is just to just be able to do that. It's by God's grace, huh? Being in this country, being in the, the things that we have here, and it's almost almost like a reaction when you give your life to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. It's like almost pouring a, uh, water into a cup, right? If you keep pouring water into that cup, what's it going to do? It's going to overflow, right? You guys see all that stuff that happened at UCLA, all that water? That was crazy, huh? But you get that picture of how, man, it, it, it tore up that concrete, huh? It blew up that concrete. It was so powerful. But then, could anyone contain that water? It went everywhere. And I think that really spoke to me as far as just being a believer in Jesus Christ, right? If you... Holy Spirit really lives inside of you. You will not be able to contain it. It's going to overflow, and it's going to affect people, affect them in a good way. And and that's our challenge today. I hope you're blessed. And um, so here, I'm not sure how you. I was trying to think of some suggestions to to help you guys. I couldn't really think of any. But I know there's lots of websites, right, to go in and to to give money for you know digging wells and people that need wells and just even setting up a table right with bottles of water it'd be cool I mean because it's hot right now but also making sure that they know why you're giving it to them right in Jesus name amen all right let's pray
Lord, we come before you, Lord, just thanking you for this day, Lord, and um, just how good you are to us, Lord, and uh, how much you love us, Lord, and, and just so many plans that you have for us, Lord, that we don't even know yet, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace, Lord, uh, throughout my life, Lord, and, and all my brothers and sisters' life here, Lord. Um, help us, Lord, to, to go out and live it, Lord, uh, to live a life, Lord, that is pleasing to you, Lord, and that affects it affects the world, our neighbors, Lord, our family, Lord, even, and even, even here in this congregation, Lord. Help us, Lord, to lift each other up in prayer, uh, to be there for each other, Lord, and, and to also, Lord, just appoint people to you. We thank you, Lord, for just the series we're, we're going through, Lord, and, and being able to have an opportunity to share with people and to give them just essential things, Lord, just to practice and to, and to grow in our uh, walk as your followers. I'm praying for anyone here, Lord, that, that does not know you, Lord. We pray that they come to that place where they know their need of a Savior. that they know about everlasting life and everlasting death, Lord. That everyone needs to, to make a decision. I thank you, Lord, for the cross, Lord, and how that that path is just a free gift, Lord. Thank you for your son, Jesus, Lord, who died for us on that cross, and I pray that everyone comes to that saving knowledge of him. Thank you for this time, Lord. Be with us as we go, Lord. And, uh, we just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.